Friends, and welcome back. You are listening to the IT Business Podcast. I am your host, Marvin B. Tonight, I am joined by my good friend, Jason Miller. Jason, how are you, sir? Doing pretty good, pretty good. Warm weather, loving it. So, snow this weekend, though. So, you know, how doing good today. To, how does it feel to be back home after uh, you had your own little Florida man adventure this past week? Oh yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, it's uh, lots of fun down in Florida. So, yeah, so. I don't <laughs> that's, know. That's all you're gonna say. <laughs> that's all I'm gonna say. Nah, I can tell you the whole story. It's fine. I mean, it's uh, wasn't sure if we're getting into that just yet or not. But uh, yeah, had a went on a cruise to Florida or, or flew to Florida from Asheville. We're from Johnson City, Tennessee. But uh, drove an hour and a half to Asheville and flew to Florida and took the cruise. Uh, come back. Spent the night in a hotel, hung out with Marv at his house, had a good time. Got to see the MB Systems live location, yeah. the studio you're broadcasting from, all yeah. that good stuff. And then uh, next day, we went to the uh, airport, uh, got pushed back a couple of times within 15 minutes on our plane, and then they canceled it. So um, long story short, got in a, booked a rental car before leaving the airport uh, immediately. So... Were you already on the plane before they canceled it? No, oh, no okay. we just we just literally got there, and it was supposed to take off. Uh, you know, you get there two hours early, and uh, while we we're standing in line, it got pushed back fifteen minutes, and then uh, it got pushed back from taking off at five thirty to taking off at eight fifty. So we're like, oh fudge, we're gonna spend like four or five hours in the airport now. And uh, of course, I had my two kids with me, my wife. So we uh, went to the little store and grabbed snacks and. Um, by the time we got our snacks and sit down, uh, listen to the uh, other airline with a line full of people telling them that they're not going to have flights until Monday or Tuesday, and this was Saturday. And, um, you know, we're like, this isn't looking good. And about five minutes later, your flight's canceled. Mm. So uh, I've learned from many experiences here recently that uh, you automatically whip out your phone, book the rental car. Yeah. So uh, we live in Tennessee, which is supposed to be a 13-hour drive from Fort Lauderdale. And so uh, we got the rental car reservation one way. Uh, they kind of rip you off on the price of that, but we had to have it. So uh went and stood in the rental car line for an hour and 45 minutes because there's like 100 people in line. I think we got our car at uh, 5.40 p.m., and I drove straight from Fort Lauderdale, Florida, all the way up 95 to 26, uh, stopped in Nashville Airport, pick up our car, and then drove on home to Johnson City, and uh, we made it in 12 hours for a 13-hour drive. So. Mm. That is a rough drive. So I remember making yeah. the drive to Wake Forest, North Carolina, and yeah. that wasn't quite as long. But it was it's a rough drive to do all at once. Yeah, but yeah, it was. You had family there to. Well, they probably slept though, didn't they? Uh, my two sons kind of one son really slept, and another son kind of dozed off, and then he's like, "I can't sleep. I'm staying up all night." Uh, but you know, we left at five forty in the evening. And then we didn't get home to 5.40 a.m. So as soon as I got home, we crashed. Mm. I mean, it was a lot of driving. Um, so I was I was over it. So uh, I got about four hours sleep and got up and did it again. Or not drive, but I mean, I got up and went on with the day. I can't sleep all day like that. My wife got about five hours sleep, and my kids slept a lot longer. So, 
All right. Well, I'm glad you were home safe and back in comfortable surroundings, but it was nice having you here and uh, yeah. good to have you here at the office and at the house. So yeah, yeah. just to let you know, folks, I once again am here in Studio B <laughs> uh, here at the office and trying to make a Good go at it here podcasting. I still have a little bit of the echo. I know that I've been told that last week the sound came through pretty good, so we were able to filter it all out. But this will be the future and hopefully final location of the IT Business Podcast here. So for those of you that are just joining the show in terms of this is the first time you visited the podcast, this is the show for IT Business Support. And we try to do everything we can to help you run your business better, smarter, and faster. Now, you don't have to be in business for IT support. You can be just an IT professional. You can be a systems administrator working in business. So we're going to try to provide all the types of tips and stories uh, to help you out. And tonight, we're going to try to do that. This show is presented by... NetAlly. NetAlly is your ally for network troubleshooting, diagnostics, all things network related. They are the home of all the network handheld testers that you can find. They do both wired and wireless testing. You can map out your office spaces for Wi-Fi audits. You can discover Devices all across the network, both wired and wireless. So if somebody tries to tell you, hey, you know, we've got about 15 machines, a couple of printers, you can plug this in and find out that, no, they may have 50 machines and 20 printers. And, oh, by the way, the printers are all HP office jets running Wi-Fi and not actually hand-wired into the network. So... Great tool there. And the live show is sponsored by Computers Done Right. Our good friend John up there knows how to do managed services and is a great supporter of the show. If you need support in that area where Computers Done Right is or across the country, because they can do remote support too, uh, Computers Done Right, great, great supporters of the show. Hello, Tom Bull in the chat. How are you, sir? I should probably also mention, and I actually made a little banner for this. If you happen to be looking around at the NetAlly site, take a chance, or not take a chance, but take a gather at the About Us page and look under the section for Technology Partners. And the reason that I'm going to tell you to go look there is because when you get to that page, you are going to see that MB Systems, which is my company, I do do IT support during the day, that is my day job, and my night job here is the podcast. We are a technology partner for NetAlly. So if you have questions about the devices, maybe you want to hear some real-world experiences, or you want to know where to get one, Head over to NetAlly.com, go to the About Us, Technology Partners, and 
look me up. So I'll be able to help you there. How about that? Awesome. Okay. So as we start the show, Mr. Miller. Yes. I'm taking a sip from our swag, the IT oh, yeah. business podcast mug. Where's I yours? Downstairs <laughs> on the counter, actually. So I should have brought it with me. So uh, for those that missed last week, I debuted this uh, nice little item. It was given to our existing patrons as a thank you. We will be putting this up on the website that you can get your own. It will be in three different colors. I am holding up the IT Business Podcast logo with the red handle and red in, I'm sorry, the black handle and the black inside. Mr. Miller was given a red mug, so he's got a red inside and a red handle. And then over here you can see there is one with just all white and the business logo. It is front and back. So comes out pretty nice. We're going to be toying with different designs and all of that, but we're going to be starting a little IT Business Podcast store on the website. So if you want to go and get your swag and support the show, you'll be able to do that. So this is our first our first uh, item. Awesome. All right. Super nice coffee mug, high quality. I mean, you need to go buy yours right now. Yep. <laughs> it's awesome. All right. So let me do a week in review. So last week, we ended up talking a lot about... I'm sorry. Before we go on, I've got to. Sorry, Tom. Uh, if you'd have driven down to Florida or flown down to Florida, you could have picked yours up like the Millers. But uh, we'll have to check the tracking. I'm not sure how we sent yours. Um, Tom Bull says that he is still waiting on his damn mug. <laughs> we shipped it as cheap as possible, just <laughs> in case you have an idea. Uh, so it should be there soon. Should be there soon. All right, so back to the week in review. Last week, I ended up talking a lot about the insurance companies are basically doing our job for us and telling our clients what they need to do in order to get cyber liability insurance. And they are saying all the things that we have been saying that they didn't want to listen to. They are saying you need a next-gen antivirus. You need a next-gen firewall. You need... EDR, you need two-factor authentication, and if you don't have it, we're not giving you insurance. And I was going to put a link on the show notes so that you could download the PDF of the application that I got, but I did one better. There is actually a website, so if you go to last week's show, which is show number 394, uh, IT Business Podcast slash 394, one of the links, the second link under the TechCon Unplugged is the NetGuard Plus Cyber Liability site. And this is a company, Tokyo Marine HCC. And I don't know how two of my customers ended up at the same place. But on the right-hand side of that page, and I should probably share this so that you could see it. So if you're watching by video, you can see what we're doing but if you're listening by audio i will have the link in the show notes uh again to this page so the website tokyo marine hcc they have this netguard plus cyber liability package and on the right hand side it has the applications and it actually has 
four different applications. So instead of me trying to grab four different PDFs for you, I just put the link in here and you can go find which application applies to you. There are two applications for 10 million plus and zero to 10 million in revenue. And then there are two renewals. So depending on whether your customer already has insurance or they are getting it for the first time, they would fill out a different form. So the same form does not apply. So that is there for you to get in the show notes. So that will wrap up what we did last week. And last week, I got a follow-up question to my answer about my VoIP provider, which is the same provider that Jason Miller uses, where I said that Intermedia has now become our primary VoIP provider. Not to slight anybody else and not to say anybody else is not good, but we were already in the midst of doing a bunch of stuff. But a follow-up question to me was, tell me, Marv, how the onboarding really goes for you. So I will say for me, I've done three onboardings with Intermedia. Mm -hmm. All three have gone pretty well. And I will say that the second and third, I actually did without the use of the Intermedia white glove treatment. So they have offered that every single time. They actually... When the order is submitted and the numbers are ready to be ported, they actually call. It's not just an email to say, hey, have you done? They actually called my office and said, hey, are you ready to set up a time to do your setup? So I don't know how long they'll do that for me or if they do it based on the customer. But that has been pretty good for them to at least call an offer. I've not necessarily been available, but the onboarding process is actually pretty easy at least in, in my experience. Jason, what do you think? Uh, well, we've done several hundred now, so uh, <laughs> we've got it down pretty well. Um, yeah, I mean, we have a dedicated VoIP guy. His name's Danny. He works for us. Uh, does all of our um, onboarding stuff. Of course, Rachel's our accountant. She handles all the DocuSign. Uh, so we send out the DocuSign to the customer. Get that signed, get the first month's bill up front, and then uh, from there, it's pretty much just order phones, get them in. We pre-program everything in the office, get all the reporting documents, get that taken care of. Uh, as long as you're detailed with documents and getting phone bills and stuff, it's usually pretty easy. Then um, we arrive, get the port date, arrive on site, and uh, basically we arrive an hour early. Some people like to do it the day before, stuff like that, but we arrive an hour early sit down with the customer, test everything, make sure it's how they like it, put the phones in place, and um, show them, do all the training. We actually made YouTube videos on training on each one of the phones and desktop apps, mobile apps, all that stuff. So we do all that in person, but then we leave a little cheat sheet card we made ourselves, and um, that has our link to our YouTube videos plus all the little how-tos of the phone uh, for transfer parking, all that stuff, and then we're done and leave. I mean, it's me, it's pretty simple. Uh, out of the few, few hundred we've done, um, I can only remember about two that went wrong. <laughs> so one was an issue with the previous carrier not wanting to release a number. Of course, it was for a restaurant that was at nighttime for dinner, and they freaked out, and that number kind of got held in limbo and is a fight to get the number finished porting. Uh, but, you know, several hundred, one or two bad, it's not the end of the world. Uh, I think we had that happen one other time. But for the most part, the numbers go on time every time. We haven't really had any issues. Not going to work. 
So it, it works really well. Um, there is a Intermedia voice partner group. If you're selling Intermedia that we post a bunch of stuff in uh, that has a bunch of stuff that I've uploaded in the file section. I'm not the owner of the group by no means, but uh, I'm talking about uh, on the Facebook, right? Oh yeah. On the Facebook. Sorry. I guess I should say the Facebook uh, as more of calls it. But yeah, in the file section there, I've uploaded all kinds of stuff that we do. Uh, we sell as white label. Uh, so when you sell as white label, you want everything with your logos on it. So the cheat sheet cards, the videos, the everything. Uh, so, and then too, if you have questions, it's a really great resource to post stuff in there uh, with what's going on and what you need help with. Everybody's really great and helps out. I'm in there quite a bit helping people out as well. So, All right. Now, a question that you and I well, you actually posed to me because you saw the phones that <laughs> that we yeah. have. Uh, Jason actually saw the setup that I have for the customer. I told you that we had to bring all of their machines, their server, and their phones to our office while mm-hmm. they wait for their new building. And by the way, that is going fantastic. We've had no issues. But we're using uh, the Polycom VBX250 phones, and you asked why we use the phones and I said well that's a name they're familiar with and it was easy to just transition them the of course they're the free phones with the service but mm-hmm. you mentioned probably going more with Ye- with Yealink yes and can you tell the audience why why yeah so our previous provider that everybody knows about freedom voice uh uh that's really struggling this past few days with some issues but Either way, um, we've moved most of our clients over uh, already. But uh, the reason we use the Yaling phones is because in the beginning, uh, the previous provider used Polycom. So we're like, oh, we have to have Polycom. Definitely Polycom. That's the way to go. You know, it's the best phone ever, you know, because we sold tons of phones on the Polycom. Um, so we had a few clients that had like these uh, D60 cordless phones that link up to Polycom. So we had to sell a few Polycoms in the beginning. Uh, but we quickly realized that the parking function doesn't work exactly the same as the Yaling's. Uh, on intermediate service. So whenever you park a call, it tells you, you know, park that extension, whatever, and it lights up the little line key if you have that on the screen. Uh, but, and same thing on the A-Link, uh, but whenever you go to retrieve a call on the A-Link, you push the button, it picks it up. Uh, on the Polycoms, and unless I've changed it because I haven't used a Polycom in a year, so I'm not going to say this is for fact still, but the last time we used the Polycoms and the few customers we still have, when you push the button to pick up on the line key or BLF or whatever you want to call it, uh, it pops up like a, a box that you have to dial the extension in in order to pick up. Uh, but like I said, I haven't checked it in like a year, so that may not be a thing. All we sell anymore is um, uh, Yealinks, and I tend to like them a lot better. I think the speaker phones, uh, the features of the Yealink is a little better. Um, the Yealinks now have little tilting screens on the top of them, so you can adjust the screen back and forth. And um, also they have Wi-Fi and Bluetooth built in, so no dongles or anything like that as well. So, And I can't tell you how many situations we get in that they're supposed to have network cables and all this stuff, and you show up and they don't, or they don't have enough switch ports, and you have to use the pass-through port. So um, and actually John Reed just said in the, th- in the chat it still does that uh, where you have to put t- dial the extension. So it saves a customer three digits every time they want to pick up a line key. So but either way... Um, yeah, uh, and with the Wi-Fi and Bluetooth built in, people love using their little Apple AirPods with the phones. They like using their Bluetooth headsets. Uh, we also sell regular headsets, too, with them uh, that have much greater distance. But that's pretty much why we use the EA Links. Um, they have really good wall mounts uh, as well. Um, 
sidecars are really awesome too. Uh, they have color screen sidecars, so it's kind of been the features that attracted us to them, I guess you'd say. All right. So you mentioned the previous provider, and I use them as well, Freedom Voice, and I actually still have two customers on Freedom Voice. We moved everybody else. I will be moving. I'm sorry, we have three. I'll be moving one within the next month, so there will be two left. Yeah. You mentioned they were having some issues recently because my clients haven't said anything about any issues. <laughs> so what, what issues are going on? Yeah, we have like 15, 18 clients still left on Freedom Voice. Uh, we did a massive move. Like we, we offered some incentives to move them to our new service just because we didn't want to leave them stuck on Freedom Voice when they were, when we were first started moving. They were having major issues uh, with all quality and outages and stuff. Uh, not so much in the past little bit, but um, we moved a ton of customers over. But this week they were having, we had three customers call in and complain of those 15 to 18 we had left on there. And um, uh, inbound caller ID was just showing an asterisk So for the caller ID. So there's no numbers whatsoever. Uh, so we, uh, of course, put a ticket in. I haven't heard anything yet in two days. So uh, so uh, that's been a, a big thing. The support's been really lacking the past little bit, anytime we put a ticket in, it's weeks. I mean, we can call and get somebody sometimes, uh, and the support's not like it used to be. Uh, but if you email, it takes forever. Then sometimes you have to email again and again. And used to, they answered quite free, quite fast, but um, it's not been the same lately. All right. Well, that's different than I actually was just speaking with a couple of people, and support's actually been good. When I've had to email, well, of course, I was emailing to port numbers. <laughs> So yeah. they responded pretty good. Uh, when I've had to order additional phones, they've yeah. been pretty responsible. And so, sorry yeah, to hear we, that. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, everybody has different experiences, but it's been several tickets we've put in that's been days and days instead of, used to is like, you know, within an hour or two. But um, I don't know what the deal is, but we put the tickets in. Don't hear anything for a little bit. Um, last last one we had, we had to call and kind of beat them up a little bit to get some something to happen. So, uh, but yeah, so I'm not sure if it's uh, still doing the asterisk or not. I haven't checked up with our customers. Our phone guy does that, but um, you know, we need to see if it's still happening. Sometimes you know they just resolve those issues. So yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, I mean, for the most part, Intermedia is is it now? You do white label. I. Yes. I do the, what do they call it, the referral? Advisor. Advisor. Advisor, yeah. yeah. So I, in terms of billing, I just decided I want somebody else to handle that. Uh, mm-hmm. They get the option of support. They can call Intermedia if they want to, or they can call us. I really don't worry about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but the service has been good. We haven't had, I don't think we've had any real major issues. I think when everybody was going through those outages last fall when they were out for two, three, four days, I think one of my customers was out for an hour. Yeah. And it wasn't the whole customer. It was weird. Uh, I think it was half of their phones were working and half weren't. So, Yeah. The only real outage we've had a problem with was when they were getting DDoSed like all the other vendors out there. Uh, but, you know, bandwidth.com was down for a week and then other places were down for a week with DDoS and, they got it solved in three hours, so I don't know what they do but to do it that fast. But uh, and I like the fact that they uh, actually, you know, customers aren't happy their phones weren't working. But you know, you can't help somebody attacking you, right? So, but uh, either way, they um, at least they sent out a hey, this is a 
root cause analysis, this is what's happening, then they send out another email later explaining what they're putting in place to prevent this in the future. Uh, so much better than our previous vendor, you know, putting actually being proactive. Yeah. So um, I like that fact. Uh, and then they had one other outage, I guess, about a year ago. We're on vacation. They're down like a day and a half or something like that. I'm, I'm not sure what happened there. Is a Cisco, fail, Cisco failure and the backup failure of a switch or something in the data center didn't fell over, and they actually flew somebody in from Cisco to fix it. So parts in hand to replace it. I mean, you know, that's bad when the main and the backup fell. But, you know, knock on wood, we haven't had any other outages or any other issues. Uh, I mean, any vendor out there is going to have an outage. I mean, it doesn't matter who it is. Uh, of course, they guarantee 99.999% uptime, and they will refund money on the bill. So I guess that's a plus if they do have an outage. So Nice. All right. So let's move on to the topic of the show. Uh-oh. And not that this will be a long topic, I don't think, but <laughs> I just thought it was funny. Now, before I say this, let me just say, I have referred to a particular subset of technicians as juniors, and it has been sometimes funny, sometimes not. But it's not that I dislike juniors. However, I do dislike techs that are lazy or misrepresent themselves and say that they know stuff and they don't and things of that nature. But that could be, you know, some of us old schoolers as well. Mm-hmm. But it's just funny when, I mean, I have a few clients with juniors on staff and I had a conversation with a person earlier who claims that he has an affinity for IT and wants to be part of the discussion when it comes time to replace the server. Mm. But that'll be another story for another <laughs> show. But like- here's the email I got, and this was on Monday of this week. And it was sent to myself and to the office manager of this company. Good morning. The users in such and such a city can't print or scan from the copy machine. I cannot log into either machine. I tried using Chrome, Firefox, and Edge. And I cannot ping them. Here are the IP addresses. Please advise. Which is a phrase that I'm getting very annoyed with. So, to set the stage, this is a junior who is in the same office as the city he referenced and is probably 20 to 25 steps away from where the copiers are. His office, you basically go out a few steps down the hall, take a left, take another left into the copy area, and they're right there. So, he's there. Yeah. I'm not. Close. That office is 50 minutes away. Wow. And I did know, and he should have known as well, that there was a little power blip over the weekend. However, that is the email he sent me. How would you respond? How would I respond? 
it just turned it off and back on again. <laughs> so, so uh, I mean, especially if there's a power blip, I mean, heck, power cycle it. Um, I would definitely um, walk to the copier and investigate a little better. Yeah. If it's, let me guess, it was totally turned off. No, the machines were okay. on. Okay. And so when I asked him, I said, well, are they on? Oh, no, I, no I, I responded by saying, well, they are disconnected from the network. Did you check to see if they were on or if they needed to be restarted? <laughs> and Chris in the chat, <laughs> my response, sucks to be you. <laughs> so it was just something where I thought, have you done anything? Mm-hmm. And turns out he goes, well, no, I couldn't ping them, so I didn't know what to do. And my, my, I'm thinking, well, first of all, I should probably go back. This is the same junior who started with this company. And when we were supposed to talk about, you know, the network and what do you need to know, he, his response to me, well, I'm CCNA certified, I'm Cisco certified or whatever he said. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what does that have to do with, with this network? Mm-hmm. Um, so Tom's come to find out he did not get up out of his chair and go to look at the copiers. He was letting the users go to the copier and try to scan and coming back to tell him, no, it's not working. And I was like, well, first of all, you got to get up out of the chair, get off your ass (laughs) and go check it out. Yeah. I mean, if you're there, if there's a complaint, you get up and go walk to it. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I, I don't, I don't get that. So, so basically it, just to give everybody what the resolution was, there was actually a little five-port switch mm. in there that was not connected to a battery backup or search trip or whatever, and it just needed to be power cycled. And everything was back to normal. Always the five-port switches that get you. Yeah, which I didn't know about because I haven't been there in months. And apparently they had moved the copiers. Mm which is why I knew that they were around the corner because there used to be one in that area and the other one was in the back part of the office that they moved them both up to the front. Why? I don't know. But I just thought, what in the world are we doing in our industry where people don't even try to troubleshoot before sending an email with that please advise? Yeah. I mean, you expect that from a customer. Right. Uh, but but not a not a supposed IT person. I mean, first thing you do is go in there and look at it. Here's a nice little comment. Thank you, Michael. Mystery switches get you every time. Sure. For sure. Do. Um, you don't have any juniors that you work with, do you? Thank goodness, no. No, we have uh, one company that uh, we replaced their uh, IT department because they kept losing IT guys over and over and over again. And, uh, it's kind of a, we won't get into the full story right now, but basically it's a, um, our largest client. So it pays us the most money. Uh, so we were doing everything for them and then they hired a IT guy and brought him on, uh, you know, on to run the IT in the place. And then it kind of become a, a, a battle of who's in charge. You know what I'm saying? So when, we were, when they first brought him on, there was another person that was still in charge, and they said, "Oh, you're in charge, cool." And then, you know, like juniors, they would he would mess things up, and we'd have to fix them, and um, you know, all kinds of stuff. And 
it was like a, a battle uh, of headbutting, you know, because like he tried to fix the financial guy's computer and ended up losing all his data. <laughs> so, and that was a bigger deal. So then we had to come in and send our guy out there and we were able to save the day in like 30 minutes. And he spent three days on this without the guy being able to work. We walk in there, save the day in 30 minutes, got all his data back, cloned his stuff over in another hour and a half and had him on a brand new hard drive working. Of course, they thought that we were better than anything out there. And all the people there like us and not saying this guy's not great or anything. It's just, he doesn't know a lot when it comes to networking or servers and he tries to do stuff there and, uh, it messes things up. So not really a junior, but per se, but, um, but, uh, you know, we've had a little bit of uh, headbutting because the person we were dealing with left that loved us. And then now uh, this other guy, the COO, took over, and we've been headbutting against him really bad because he, he's, uh, you know, type A personality, just wants to overrun everything, tells you how it is, and tells you how you're supposed to do it and all that stuff, and it just doesn't jive with us. Uh, long story short, you know, he's uh, um, trying to cancel his contract and, you know, we, we don't do a lot of contracts. Most of our stuff's month to month, but they want a contract so they could get a discounted price. So we said, okay, sign up for a year. We'll give you a discount. And then uh, when he took over, he's like, hey, I'm giving you a 60-day notice. That's what your contract says. I said, well, the contract says 60-day notice before the end of the contract, not in the middle of it. And so he still had 11 months left So because uh, it just renewed. And um, so he was like, okay. He's like, well, what's the difference if I give you 60 days now, 60 days later? I was like, well, the money in my pocket. <laughs> so, you know what I'm saying? So I'm like, I don't get this. The 11-month uh, penalty that you're about to pay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, I give him his option. He could pay for the next 11 months up front, and he can go ahead and cancel it. Uh, or he could, uh, you know, continue and we can in supporting. But the crazy part was is they already hired a help desk person to work for them to be under this other guy. And uh, I'm like, that's kind of crazy. So they, like a week later, he was no longer working there. So I was like, did they find out? I don't know. I, I don't know how it ended up. But it's like, did they find out they can't get out of the contract? And then, um, you know, they tried to pull, well, this person signed it and they're no longer here and all this other bunch of bull. Of course, you know, I got an awesome contract from the same guy you do. And uh, so it's pretty ironclad. So battled back on a few things and uh, even hit Bradley up on a few things on what to say and put those in there and it kind of stopped. And he's like, well, we'll talk after the beginning of the year. But, uh, but back to the guy that they hired for help desk is like a week he was gone. So I don't know if he just quit because he quit or they let him go because they figured they had to continue paying us or something, but they still had the main IT guy. And then uh, now I think it's kind of funny because I think they have with our phone service, they have a 200 and, 50 some phones of ours. Um, and they have uh, 200 and some endpoints, uh, like 15, 16 servers. I mean, large client. They have 40 locations across the country. We take care of them. And, you know, it's always been a headbutt because they bought out a whole new uh, company out west in, uh, in Arizona. And they're like asking, you know, do we need to put, you know, our agents on these machines and stuff? I didn't even know you bought this company. They didn't tell us. And it's like, uh, uh, no, the IT guy just looks at me and goes, no, just kind of shook his head no when we're in the meeting. I was like, that's kind of weird. So then it become like, oh, let's hook this network up to this one. I'm like, that's not good. So uh, then a little while later, I found out uh, we have a guy that goes on site uh, once a week and spends half to three quarters a day. And then long story short on that, he basically is like, hey, he's on our competitor's website looking at phones. <laughs> and then we get a email from them that are wanting to cancel their phones. And I was like, okay, that's kind of crazy. Then, and of course, we know they're canceling their contract when it's up, you know, already. So not a big deal there, but, um, they're kind of like your other people. They're our biggest headache, our biggest client 
you know, they're our biggest client that pays us the most money, but sometimes the most money is not also worth the biggest headache. Right. Um, they're responsible for a large portion of our uh, help desk tickets. We got like five people on a help desk and I mean, they're like beat up all day long on, on their stuff. And part of it is where there's two IT people, not really the junior, like you said, but we can't fully do our managed services properly because they won't replace computers that are, you know, fourth gen, you know, Heniums um, and, you know, I3s and stuff like that that are ancient um, and won't let us come in and do it. And I'm like, we have a minimum spec for a computer and it's not a fourth gen and with spinning mechanical hard drives. Uh, but then they started replacing all these computers themselves and uh, it's, it's just been a mess, but, Either way, uh, they're going over this to one of our competitors, and the crazy part about it is, is they're usually about three times our cost because they sell you everything under the sun. They bill you to death. Uh, they'll nickel dime you to death on everything. And they lock you into like three to five year contracts. So um, it's going to be a, kind of an interesting situation to see how that turns out. I think they think the grass is greener on the other side, and when they call us, you know, our help desk is known for picking up the phone, helping right away. When they call this other company, their help desk is known for not getting back for two or three, four days. I mean, that's how we get clients from them all the time. We take over probably 20 clients a year from them. Uh, so I just think it's kind of very interesting <laughs> that they're going to a competitor that's like way worse at IT than we are as far as customer service side of things. So, Yep, uh, that will be interesting. I, I mean, I don't go through it as much as you, but I've had those situations where – Customers think they know better, yeah. And the grass is greener because mm-hmm. this company, well, their hourly is cheaper than yours. Oh, theirs isn't cheaper than ours. I'll tell you that much. Really? So, no, theirs is more expensive. So, and not that they were cheap, but uh, they're probably about eighteen, twenty dollars more than us an hour. Um, but um, the problem is, is they they have like two and a half hour minimums. We have one hour minimums. They have trip charges. We don't. I mean, stuff like that adds up a lot over time. It does. And then, too, we offer free ads, moves, and changes on the phone system. And the phone system of that size with that many locations, I bet you bet you we got several hundreds of hours in programming and stuff like that. I mean, it's it's insane the amount of stuff we've done on that. Um, and there's there's been times that our phone guys worked 20 hours in a week just for them on their phone system, you know. Uh, so, but we make good money on it, but, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be funny, uh, in the end. So we'll see. Well, I, uh, I will offer this advice and I don't know if it applies to you because you're not in a same situation because you have a bigger staff and you, it's going to free them up to do a lot more. But the whole idea of getting rid of your biggest headache, <laughs> when I fired my client that next week, I literally was in a state of confusion because it was like, what am I going to do with all this time? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it it's was because like, I, I felt like I couldn't do anything because I'm so used to blocking out, you know, these number of hours per day or week, just because I know there's going to be a phone call. Oh yeah. But being able to sleep at night, not panicking. Um, this was a client. I don't even know if I told the whole story, but here's one thing. So they were still running an exchange on-prem server for 190 people or whatever, however many number it was. And the base, 
it's basically the the server was was done and they weren't ready to switch mm. so every sunday their store would go offline oh wow and i would have to log in remount the store restart the server it was just it was a mess sounds like it and they were all frustrated they're like why are you charging us for this sunday work and I'm like, well, you won't get a new server. Yeah. Or you won't go to the cloud. Because back then, that was when I was like, you know what? For your size firm, for the way that you want to operate, you want to be able to get mail on your phones and, you know, have, I said, you need to go to the cloud. You need to go to 365. And, you know, in their mind, they're like, well, we'll just buy a server. That's a one-time cost. And I'm like, no, it's not. There's <laughs> maintenance. Exactly. You know, and they didn't want to buy a second server so that I could have a front end, back end, so that if I needed to do maintenance, I could work on the one and the other one would st- So whenever we had to do maintenance on that server, Friday to Sunday, they were down Gosh. as I was doing the exchange server maintenance. So that, that one thing alone, me not having to do that exchange maintenance and me not having to worry about Sunday, do I need to restart the server? <laughs> just saved me so much pain and anguish. Yeah. I can get that hundred percent. Yeah. We, um, um, we've been on, um, we actually fired another client the other day too, since we're on that topic. Uh, we have a law firm that's on a legacy plan of ours. We used to sell blocks of hours. We haven't done that in years and we keep raising the prices, trying to force them to our, you know, flat fee plans. But, um, not everything's covered in the flat fee plan. There's things there, but for the most part, we've been trying to force them into it, but it's going to cost them another, you know, hundred and some dollars a month. Uh, but they keep going over every quarter. And, uh, this law firm was over by like nine and a half hours. So we bill those nine and a half hours. And then they, uh, basically every quarter, um, and during COVID we didn't bill the overages on these hours because it's literally a two lawyer law firm that barely get by with the skin of their teeth. I mean, it was, they were really rough uh, with, with money. So for two years, we didn't build any overages, but they accumulated like, you know, $1,200, $1,800 a quarter on overages. And so we didn't bill it. And so we finally told them, you know, you're going to have to move to an unlimited plan. You know, we can't keep doing this and you're going to have all these overages. I said, you know, I, I don't mind you paying me more overages or whatever, but, you know, you really need to move to an unlimited plan. And they wouldn't move. So for three quarters, they had, you know, $1,500, $1,800 overage. And that would be more than the unlimited plan. So I'm like, y'all are crazy. But uh, he, um, the the lady that's there just doesn't get it on billing. So she asked these questions over and over and over. <laughs> and, and and we started adding up the time we were spending answering the questions to their billing issues. And they would combat every hour of overage and try and get discounts on it. And we were spending, we figured it up. We started going back and looking at all the emails and all the time we spend going and printing this report and putting an Excel for you and sending screenshots and all this other crap. And we were spending six to nine hours a quarter of labor between our, you know, our Rachel, our accountant and our billing lady, uh, Cindy, and then myself having to deal with them. Uh, so going back and forth, we were spending you know, that six to nine hours. And this last time around, we just told them, it's like, look, you've got two options. You either go unlimited plan or you cancel your services. <laughs> I literally put that in the email. I was like, I'm done with this. And, of course, Rachel was over it, too. She doesn't put up with stuff like that either. But uh, so we went back and forth. And I had about, I figured it up this time, about eight and a half hours. 
And so we were going back and forth and I sent a copy of the owner of the company, which was only two people. So I copied her and the owner of the company because she never copies him and said, Hey, look, this is what it is. It's not beneficial to either side. You're spending eight to 10 hours a month, you know, a quarter. I'm spending eight to 10 hours a quarter. Uh, you know, and y'all basically pay for five hours a quarter, you know, prepay for that. And I was like, it's not worth it. And so finally we just, uh, and so they didn't respond back for a day or two. Then they responded back with another question. So we spent another 30 minutes answering, you know, typing out an email, send it back. And then, you know, in a, in a, you know, we're frustrated tone in the email. And then uh, they basically sent back another one questioning the charges and saying we're wrong. And I mean, it's like on black and white paper, you cannot miss this why it's wrong. And, um, there was nothing wrong in every email at the top. I put the charges are correct. The charges are correct. Every email. And I'd explain why. And this lady like sends like a book email, you know, every time it's like 10 paragraphs. And so like the last time, uh, Rachel has access to my email cause she monitors all the stuff coming in cause I'm in meetings and stuff. And so, um, I was in a meeting with a client and then I get a text message. I just fired a client. <laughs> so I'm like, Oh my gosh. So I was like sitting there in the meeting trying to concentrate. And I was like, who the freak she fire? So, uh, then I got out of the meeting and I read the text message and found out it was this law firm and I went and read the email she wrote, but uh, pretty much she gave them like, you know, the 30 days notice is required in our contract and said, you know, you're, you're, uh, as of this date and time, we suggest you find you a new IT company, your antivirus backups, all this stuff, all that stuff's going away and you need to have yourself a new IT company. And of course they have our phones and they have our email. And so we put in there, you know, that you'll still be billed for your email and phones until you get that transferred to somebody else. And we suggest you do that. So, I mean, uh, sometimes it's not worth the headache <clears throat> of the client to keep them, you know? So I don't know if you feel that way about some of them, but it's, it's, uh, well, I have, and I, I mean, I, I talk about it. So my clients right now are all pretty good. There's one or two that every now and then they'll get out of line, but they fall back in. So I don't have anybody as bad as that one client, but I was going to comment about the fact of lawyers Fighting the charges. Yes. So one of the industries that my law firms are in is insurance defense. So a lot of their bills are going to the insurance companies. Mm. And the insurance companies, in a lot of ways, will dictate how much they can bill. Mm. And they will have rate sheets where they can bill, you know, you can only bill point one for reading an email or opening mail. You can only bill you know, 0.5 travel to the courthouse. I mean, they have a whole set of rules. So when they submit their bills, they just get marked down. Mm. But they can appeal Mm. where they can write back and say, hey, we had to bill this because, and then it's a back and forth game that they play with the insurance carriers. And it gets to be pretty insane. And especially if you're a, I mean, if you want to deal with insurance defense, you need to have somebody in your department for billing that always deals with these write-offs and write-downs. And and uh, I forget what the term that they use is, but they literally will fight back and forth uh, over these over these billing issues. And yeah. that's a lot of time. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. I mean, if if you were getting paid more, I understand it. But you know, this customer is not even fighting the fact of what we did. They're fighting the fact of the addition of the hours right. and stuff like that. Then they're, you know, and then it, on the printout from Autotask, it shows like the prepaid hours at the top, and then like one one ticket was an hour, and they had a point five hours left in their prepaid, so it put that ticket at the top on the prepaid hour block. 
And then it went to the bottom for the other half hour of that hour to be an overage. They just can't wrap their head around this. It's like, it's the same thing. You're overbilling me. And we explain like, this every quarter. No, it's, we're it's, not. It, You're over the yeah. plan. Switch to unlimited. Yeah. I mean, it is. Yeah. It is. Yeah, I mean, it, it just drives me crazy. And I wouldn't just fire somebody just because they ask billing questions. That's not the problem. But it's just a habitual every You can't fire somebody from being thing. stupid. No. no and that, that's. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's that's basically basically what it come down to because it doesn't matter how we explained it they they just were not getting it and the funny part is is in the middle of all these emails going back and forth to the owner uh, I get an email from the owner and I think he actually meant to send it to his uh, uh, legal assistant slash secretary whatever she is uh, and uh, he sent he sent the email he's like I don't like this guy's tone he's like uh, what what do you how do their competitors uh, stack up as far as pricing and stuff like that so I responded back to him. And I said, I think you meant to send this to Brandy, but uh, <laughs> uh, I, th- I think the, uh, uh, you know, our competitors are fairly, we're, we're very competitively priced with them. So they're about the same price. And yes, they all do unlimited plans too. So <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh. So, I, I would I, have, I would have probably offered, we can, we can stop doing the prepaid, prepaid plan and we'll just bill you hourly. So that way you don't see, and then just bill them the full rate for the <laughs> number of yeah, hours that they use. Yeah. Trust me, it's not worth it. And I have a I have another auto body shop that's battling me right now on the hours too, block hours. Where me and my wife's talking, we're like, we gotta get all these plenty of people off that. It's not worth the time on block hours because it's like usually the people in the block hours were like the smaller clients. That's really cheap, and they want to beat you up on every hour. And it's like it's not worth my time. Just go away. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? True. It's a, it's like it's not worth the stress and the headache and all that stuff. It's like pay your bill. We did your service, and it's like I told the auto mechanic guy the other day. I was like, you know. He's like, well, you're billing me for the same thing. You, you worked on this guy's Outlook issue four different times. And I'm like, well, yeah, he got an upgraded version of Office 365. And then he signed into his personal live account, which messed up the Outlook activation. So he had to log in, sign it out, and get rid of the account windows. And then, yeah, we had to do it again because two days later he did the same thing again. <laughs> so, and he didn't always. So, yeah, we're doing things multiple times, but it's because of your own fault. And then he sends me an email the other day. We need to have a talk. And, you know, the way I figure it is, I need a four-hour discount on this uh, bill or whatever, and he's like twelve hours over. So I'm like, you people, people, it's like you're an auto mechanic, you're a service business. You should understand more than anybody yeah. that if I bring my car in and you work on the water pump, and I take it home and I decide, oh, the belt's not tight enough, and I tighten it up and I bring it back, and you go, oh, the belt's broke because it's too tight, and and that isn't the setting we put it on. We marked it with them with the paint marker or whatever. You, did you do that? Yeah, I did that. Okay. Well, I have to put in your belt. I'll charge you. Why are you charging me? Because you messed with it. <laughs> it's like, you don't understand this. If it's our fault, I covered it, but yeah, yeah. I don't know what it is. Sorry. Get on the soapbox there. That's okay. Yeah, it's a, it's it happens. A, it happens. <laughs> uh, I do yeah. want to say you had mentioned Bradley gross earlier. And for, oh, yeah. for people that have listened to the show for a long time, Bradley gross is my technology attorney. And I yeah. recommend him to everybody. He is all over the place. He's currently on world tour. He's attending all of the ASCII events this year, and he's doing others. So if you need agreements, whether it's a master service agreement, scope of work, or any one-offs, which he's done for me, uh, contact his office. They will get you set up with the correct forms. Yes, he's going to be a little pricey, folks, but he is by far the premier technology lawyer that I know of in this country. 
Yes. I was I was going to say that he was for sure. I don't know that, but as far as I know, he is. Um, he's done tons of work and is probably, I mean, listen, attorneys are expensive. We know that. Yes. But you want a good, expensive attorney to have your back, and he does. He has our backs a lot. So well, I was I was very impressed with him because you know of course I heard him on your show and I was like well we definitely need to revamp our agreements and stuff and then um, of course I did the same thing everybody else does you know I've been doing this since the year two thousand so twenty two years now so uh, but the thing about it is is in the beginning it's like you start off and it's like you go Google and you get all these clauses and stuff and slap it all together and try and make it fit what you're trying to do and then uh, of course um, you know later in the beginning you don't have no money I get that you know whatever. Uh, but then you don't realize how naive you're being as to uh, taking on a ton of liability, especially nowadays. Um, you know, 20 years ago is a little different story, but nowadays it's a huge liability. And then I give uh, to a local lawyer, and he read over it and fixed a few things. He didn't even charge me. Of course, we do IT work for him, but so I think that played into it. But he went through it, ripped it apart, changed a few things here and there, all that good stuff, some wording. Okay, cool. And then uh, on Bradley Gross, he did like a free evaluation of my agreement. I sent it to him. Ahead of time, he looked at it, and then uh, I don't know if he still does this or not, so don't, don't say that he's going to do it. But um, he's just straight. He went down the whole thing on the Zoom meeting, line by line, of what's going on, why this says this, and you're leaving yourself open for that. And I'm sitting there. I left that meeting with him. I was like, holy fudge, I'm going to get sued, and I'm going to lose. You know what I'm saying? Or somebody's going to do something in the contract, and I'm not going to be covered. And um, so we we um, ended up going with him for our agreement. Really good to work with. Um, not a advertisement for him by no means, but I see a lot of people post on Facebook groups all the time. They're trying to put an agreement together or there's other forums out there that you pay monthly fees for and stuff. And you just grab an agreement there. I'm not sure how much I would trust that either. Uh, some of those places are very great places to be even with the monthly fees and stuff like that. Um, but I don't know how much I would trust uh, an agreement unless it's been written by somebody like Bradley Gross or something. Yeah. Like that, you know? Well, I can say this in terms of you, you, mentioned you're not sure what he does if you tell him that uncle marv from the it business podcast told you to call him he will take a look at it um he does do discounts i don't know what the discount is you know i don't know what the uncle marv discount is (laughs) we don't really talk about it but he will do that uh he will do a free evaluation for you yeah so i can say that but tell him uncle marv from the it business podcast sent you and uh yeah he'll take care of you well i mean exactly this is exactly i was talking about this customer earlier trying to get out of their agreement my last agreement they've been out of it in heartbeat uh so this agreement you know it's definitely a six-figure agreement and so that one agreement saved me at least six figures on this customer i mean for years worth of work and stuff so i'm just saying it's not (laughs) it's pennies compared to what you could actually lose in, in being sued for doing something wrong or for you know, or, or, or something like this where we had a contract where they're trying to get out of it and not pay us. Um, yeah. But, yeah. All right. Well, Jason, I think we're going to go ahead and put a pin in everything right here. It's a good stopping point. I just wanted to get that out about Bradley Gross, and I want to go back and reiterate the fact that this show is not just for IT shops and managed service providers. We are trying to do our best to help everybody in this industry. If you are supporting business, whether you're a solo tech, whether you're a system admin, whether you're a computer repair shop, 
MSP, MSSP, we're going to talk about things that help you in your business, whether it's the tech that you need to work with, whether it's the business advice that you need. Hopefully we can help provide where to get that advice from the right people. We are not attorneys. We are not accountants, but we hire people who are. Exactly. So, um, Michael, I see that you had put in there about uh, struggling to find employees and taking your junior at this point. Good luck in that search. And, yes, juniors are nice. Juniors are needed. But everybody, be respectful of the job. Be respectful of our industry. Don't be a jerk. And learn how to do your job. And I was going to tell a story, but I won't. But it's basically the concept of where I got the get-off-your-ass comment uh, my best friend was having this issue with his tech, and uh, I'm going to make a note to share that at a later time. But that's going to do it for our show today. Jason, I want to thank you for coming out and hanging out with me and sure, uh, continued success there at Unbound Digital. Uh, Jason is listed as a guest on the IT Business Podcast page, so when you go look at the show notes, you can look up Jason. And he will help as much as he can with all things intermedia as well as other areas that we have all worked on together. Good friend of the podcast, good friend of the channel. And are you going to be at the upcoming TechCon Unplugged? I will be there. Yes, I will. I already bought the tickets. I haven't booked hotel or nothing yet, but yeah, I've already bought the tickets, so I'll be there. All right, folks. I will say that we should see you there. I will be at TechCon Unplugged. That is the conference that was created by the MSP Unplugged community, Paco and Rick over there. The 22nd, that's not the 22nd, the 2022 (laughs) (laughs) annual TechCon Unplugged is going to be September 16th and 18th in Chicago. You have just missed out on the discounted price. So the ticket price is $299 which does include not just the conference, but it includes all meals and snacks at the event. It includes a special dinner event that Saturday evening. And the reason I'm looking over to the right, if you're watching the screen there, I actually had gone to the website for the first time in a while, and I see that I am listed on the page, host and MC. So, uh, I feel pretty good about that. So I will be there, folks. Jason will be there along with all of our other friends. So head over to techconunplugged.com, get your tickets, and we'll see you in September. That will do it for this episode of the IT Business Podcast. We try to be here every Wednesday evening live at 8 p.m. There are other shows that will be audio only at different times. Head over to itbusinesspodcast.com. Go to the follow button, find your favorite podcatcher, be notified when the show does come out. You won't miss anything. You can also send messages, do other things to support the show, but that is the place to go, itbusinesspodcast.com. On behalf of my good friend Jason Miller, I am Uncle Marv, and we'll see you next time on the show. But until then, holla.